So I'm talking to Philip from Zilch. How are you? Really good, and you? Yeah, good, good. You're here, well, you were here talking about being Europe's fastest growing uh, fintech unicorn, right? That's right, yeah. No, we, <laughs> I mean, it's been fantastic to be obviously here, invited to be here. Um, and we're always excited to talk about what we're doing, but more importantly, what value we're creating for the customers. Yes. And, um, and that's what I spent a lot of time talking about, obviously on stage when we had our, our, our chat. But um, yeah, it's been fantastic so far. So let, let, let's set the scene. We're, we're sat in the hotel lobby. You've got a beer. Uh, so that's why there's a little bit of background noise around us. But how, how did the talk go? Did you, did you kind of get much audience interaction or was it very much kind of up on stage, fireside chat or, or, or kind of one way? Oh, no, look, I mean, you know, Tom was great. And, and, and I have to say, though, the lights were really bright. <laughs> so you can't <laughs> so, see a lot. So I couldn't see anything, right? Uh, I actually said to him when, it was, when they were asking questions, I actually mentioned, I was like, you must have a headache today, my friend. <laughs> um, but needless to say, it was fantastic. I yeah. mean, auditorium was amazing. You know, a lot of people yeah, into this. It, yeah, it's fantastic. It was great. So, and fantastic questions as well. Yep. So, so what... I find a lot of is when, you know, do quite a few of these fireside chats, which which I think are, you know, are always interesting because people have always got a perspective and different questions. Yep. Um, but some obviously more this, you know, a standard, oh, well, what do you do? How does it work? You know, this was this was challenging. So yep. I thought it was really interesting and hopefully, the, you know, I, I hope people who came to watch it really enjoyed it. Let's start off with a standard, uninteresting question. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know who Zilch are, let's, let's just set the scene. Yeah. Who are Zilch? Okay, so Zilch really is, we're in the, you know, a lot of people look at us and say we're in the BNPL space. And a lot of people talk about BNPL these days. Um, you know, we see BNPL as really an evolution of point of sale finance. It's cash at the checkout page. Um, and by the way, some fantastic businesses doing a great job there. Certainly a better way for customers to defer payment than we've ever seen before. Zilch is just so much more than that. And, and it starts with another evolution of that model. So, so really what we do is we provide a way for our customers to pay for anything they want, anywhere, and anyhow they like. So customers can use Zilch to pay in one and get cashbacks and discounts. They can hang on to that, those rewards and build them over time. And then they can use that as a discount to a bigger purchase or defer the cost of that item over four payments for no interest of any kind and no late fees. Anywhere they want. Online, offline, Amazon, eBay, anywhere. And this creates this value flywheel that really is what we think is, is leading to the success we've seen so far going from zero to more than two million customers in just 18 months. You know, that's quicker by 2x than companies like Revolut, yeah. you know, TransferWise, Newbank. I mean, some businesses that we look up to and go, wow, these are amazing companies. And we've done this in, in no less than half the time. And it's this value flywheel we think is, is really resonating with customers. They love the fact that each and every time they transact, they get value out of that transaction. And so that's really what Zilch is all about. Now, with the cost of living crisis and, and, and household finances being pinched yeah i suppose there is an obvious kind of all right hang on buy now pay later kind of that that makes sense to a lot of people but i suppose as well as an organization you want to promote financial health and, and making sure that people are kind of really living within their means and understand how to make money work for them how how 
is there much the kind of interaction that you do on that education side to make people really think about their finances and, and affordability? Because at the same time, you want customer growth. I suppose you also want to, to engender a, an educated, kind of well-informed customer at the same time. It's, a, it's actually a, it's a fantastic question. And the, and the reason it's fantastic is because it, it will allow me to demonstrate exactly the benefit of the model we have versus the old models. The old models, their customer is really the retailer. And as a consequence of that relationship, they provide a service to the consumer. And so the problem with that is that they cannot answer to both at one time. And so if the retailer puts them under pressure to approve more people at the checkout page, there's a high chance they're going to do it because they need to keep the deal with the retailer, their customer. And what that means is, I'm not saying they all do, but they may end up overlending to you and I. Zilch has none of that pressure. We provide our service directly to the end consumer. And so we don't have a retailer saying, you must approve X many people. These are our customers that we bring to retailers. And so what we can do as Zilch is, we can really look at you and say, how do we assess your affordability each and every time you transact? We've done a deal recently with Experian. They collect more than a billion data points a month. We've integrated that into our open banking, our proprietary data. And each and every time you open our app and use our product, we reevaluate the affordability. Think about credit cards. They came around 1950s. It's been almost 80 years they haven't changed, right? It's about time someone did something about it. And, and the problem with credit cards and traditional credit is that they assess you one time standing still, and then you get that envelope every two, three months saying you want a bit more cash, right? The problem is they don't reassess affordability. So as they onboard you, five years later, they're still going off of what they onboarded you. It's yeah. ridiculous, it makes no sense. With Zilch, we update our view on you each and every time you spend. And so we're doing exactly this. And so, so our view is, you know, a lot of people speak about financial health and education. The reality is largely that's failed. Right? Showing people or trying to explain to consumers or customers what they should do for their financial health largely has been a failure. What we think we should do is not put the burden on the customer. We should make sure we understand. We've got hundreds of people, really smart people, AI, machine learning, working on this every single day. We should really understand what is good for you as a consumer right now. And wouldn't that be amazing if we get this right to be able to say to you, when you use our product, we guarantee we know you can afford it. That'd be pretty special. And that's where we headed towards. And so we've started trialing our product, which is you, you look at our product and you want to pay in four. If we look at your cash flow from open banking and we think that's wrong, we'll actually recommend you pay in one. Mm. And this is just the first step towards that. So we really do think with our real-time affordability, ongoing and updated, Plus, of course, this type of functionality, we really are, are providing the most responsible way for people to defer payment, really, the market has ever seen. Now, your talk was about being Europe's fastest growing fintech unicorn. Obviously, very successful growth over the last 18 months. Europe is a as a regulatory environment, I suppose, where there's data, there's GDPR. Yeah. Uh, in, in London, you're in a, an area or in, a, in a, an ecosystem, let's say, where fintech is, is quite well understood, you're about to launch in the States. Different regulatory environment. GDPR isn't in place there. And as I understand in my rudimentary knowledge, this might be incorrect, correct me if, if you need to, but fintechs aren't quite as 
au fair with 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 the with consumers in quite the same way there whereas we're very kind of used to using yeah. financial uh, applications on our phones maybe the american market isn't as as a founder how have you found that process how have you really kind of considered right america new market different environment different set of, of pressures how have you worked through those challenges i mean ultimately we've gone back to it might sound boring but but our playbook from from the uk which was how will we behave when no one is watching and and that's really saying we tell every person that joins our business when you're working late or you're doing something do it right right and um and you know we went and got regulated well before the fca in the uk announced that they would look at regulating bnpl almost a year and a half before they announced this and we had a lot of shareholders and investors say to us how did you know what a stroke of genius you know this is strategy at its finest that they were disappointed when i told them i would love to take the credit but that's i didn't know yeah what i knew was it was right this is a debt product we should offer the customer the protections that they would expect for a debt instrument that's the reason we did it we didn't do it because it was easy we did it was it was right and that served us very well now when we think about the us or even europe we think about the same way So a lot of people are still operating in the US now in an exemption. And the CFPB as we know are also now looking at this. They're following a very similar process to the FCA. And so, you know, we think that they'll probably arrive at the same conclusion which is this should be regulated. And so what we've done in the US is we partnered with Cross River and this allows us to operate under a federal license nationwide fully regulated product from day one. And that's what we've decided to do. We have our Californian lending license as well already um, in the state of California. We intend to get many more, but we are also operating at a federal level so we can go nationwide as a regulated business. So, so for us, the playbook is do it right. Yeah. And when you do it right, you know, we think that you serve basically the end consumer best and, and hopefully and typically the regulators look favorably on that type of action. So so that's the playbook in terms of usage or customer adoption. You know, if you look at the US target market there we think for us about 120 million people. If we take a look at like audience from our active base in the UK and push it to Facebook, it looks like about 120 million people. And you know, you've got some fantastic businesses in the US, the Chime, Moneyline, you know, DoorDash, companies like this that have really gone and you know rolled out substantially into the market uber all of these guys and so you know i i would say certainly we're quite bullish that the us consumer gets it understands and appreciates the value here um and frankly once the type of savings that we can create for them so you know if you look at the uk today 60 billion pounds sitting on credit card debt right now the us almost a trillion dollars sitting in credit card debt right now that's revolving credit card debt between 20 and 30% APR you know so so for our two and a half million customers just last year in the UK we saved them between 60 and 100 million US dollars in fees and interest imagine what that could look like at six or seven times that scale in the states so so we really think it's it's great timing for us to go to the market and provide something as valuable as we do particularly given the fact that you've got cost of living going up gas is going up electric going up. i mean everything's going up yep so what better time um to provide something like we do look i'm standing between you 
and switching off and relaxing fully. So one last quick question, if, if you'll allow me. You're here at EU Startup Summit, walking around today, lots of first-time founders, lots of founders at the beginning of their journey. You're obviously up on stage as a success story. If you could give them one or two bits of advice, you know, thinking back to, to your own kind of self when you were starting out, what, what would you say to that founder who's at the beginning of their journey? Um, well, that's a tough one, <laughs> to be honest. A couple of things, probably. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll choose two things. I'll say, one, do something. Go, go and do it. So don't tell us about it. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. Go and do it. Um, because everyone's got a great idea. Most people don't do anything about it. So go do it. And the second thing I would suggest is, you know, spend a lot of your time convincing phenomenal people to join you. Um, that would probably be the two pieces of advice I'd give them. Well, look, thank you very much for your time, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your time in Barcelona. It's a pleasure. You too. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>